My name is David Berge. I'm a, a pastor by vocation. Um, that is what I have been called, I have been called to, and that is what I am called. Uh, and here I am on a podcast with Michael J. Nelson. I am here. What is the name of the podcast? It is like... Past, pastor by vocation, Dave Berge. Dave Berge is like trees walking. Like the trees walking, a reference to a biblical passage, as we've mentioned many times before. But in case you've forgotten, that's where you are. And this is the podcast where we do what, Mike? Well, we talk about the great, powerful Oz. No, the great, <laughs> powerful questions of life, uh, the things that we all have to wrestle with. This, I, I just brought that up the other day with someone who, oh, maybe it was in the wake of the late, great Norm MacDonald. Man. Who I, I heard talking about Christian. Maybe I brought it up in reference to that is that we have said it many times where someone he said on a podcast, Well, I consider myself a Christian or something, and some another comedian says, You mean you like you believe in the invisible man in the sky? Or like what do you how do you do that? Like what is that all about? And he goes, Well, how do you do what you do? <laughs> it's like in other words, he did our classic line of we're all stuck with this. So we're all trying to figure this out. We all wrestle with the big questions of life. You and I, unlike Trees Walking, do it from a Christian perspective. That's but, right. But we welcome all listeners. We do, and, and what we're trying to do is what we ha- like invite you to eavesdrop in on our conversations. We're, of course, aware that we're not just talking to each other. We have our theoretical audience in mind. We know you're listening to us and eavesdropping in on it. But we hope that Mike and I engage in, in an interesting and intelligible way and in good faith, and we just want to make you think a little bit. Perhaps a little bit differently, or just a little bit deeper, um, about these massive questions that we're we're all facing because we're all in this thing. We are, and as the joke goes, none of us are getting out alive. That's right. So um, <laughs> you said that we've re- we've repeatedly said what the title comes from. I think a very brief once again because it's been quite a while because we're on we're in season we're six, season baby. six. Yeah, <laughs> we're we're deep. We're going to be syndicated. The the royalty checks will be with yeah. us. In... Don't they say six in a movie, right? Mm-hmm. Six seasons in a movie. That's the goal. We're what there. Would, what would like trees walk in the movie be like? Oh man, we open <laughs> on an empty field. There's nothing there. There's blue sky. Suddenly the music John Williams score goes an exciting thing. The camera races across the ground and it catches two guys standing in a field and it's just you and I with microphones. And then it's like, how did we get here? <laughs> and then the record scratch. And then it's our story. And we're literally wondering how it, it would be the, the double entendre would be great. Like, how did these two people yeah. get here to be talking? But also that bigger question. How did we, the collective, exactly? Get that? That's, That's what gold. I'm saying. Gold, Jerry. All right, I love it. Uh, but uh, before okay. that, before we get to the movie, uh, just the quick: what is the like trees walking? Because I, I think it's it's compelling. It's the reason that our title is what it is. What is it? Gospel of Mark. Yes, in, it's in the New Testament of okay. the Holy Bible. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a, Matthew, Mark, second one in there, but uh, most people think it's the first one written. Um, so the first written gospel account. Uh, and so in that, there is a two-stage hearing, uh, not hearing, healing, healing, healing miracle mm-hmm. that Jesus engages in, uh, where he, there's a person who's blind, and so Jesus forms, he spits on the ground and forms this, and it's a very unique miracle in a couple of ways. One, Jesus never uh, does this kind of like making, you know, 
making mud, making clay, this is very unique. This stands out. This doesn't happen anywhere else. You know, normally it's, it's a word, it's, it's a touch that brings the healing. But here it's Jesus making some mud, putting on the guy's eyes, and then he's like, all right, well, what do you see? Yeah. The guy goes, I see people, but uh, they look like trees walking around. And so Jesus has to go, you know, the second time, and then the guy can finally see. So we, it's a cheeky little reference to uh, what we, you know, kind of like the uh, fallibility of human sight and human perspective, and then, and then also how an encounter with Jesus uh, brings, like, greater degrees of clarity. Um, but we're not claiming that because we're followers of Christ, we see everything perfectly, yet we believe we uh, eventually will see um, you know, today I, uh, I see in part, but Paul says, but one day I shall see in full. Well, we're in the today we see in part part. So we're just trying to have some sort of uh, epistemic humility, some levity. Uh, we'll also talk about some of these big questions. Is that a good dis- That's very good. And that brings to mind the, um, as uh, is it from the King James? Uh, right now we see through a glass darkly. Yes. Because that is also a, a, a movie by... Um, the great Swedish uh, film director of many. Well, come on, come on! Ooh, I have name, no you know, idea. Ch- playing chess with death on the beach. Uh, uh, Werner Herzog. <laughs> I have no, no idea. No, he's German. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, the, let the listener understand. They will <laughs> understand who I'm talking about. I just can't think of his name. Uh, and lest anyone think that I'm getting old, I am getting old. But I always used to forget. I've forgotten things my entire life. That's so good. I refuse to accept that it's so old. You've got, you've got a head start. <laughs> yes. So. Today we have a big topic, and then we have uh, we have a fun thing. I have often um, subjected the pastor who does not like any kind of seafood. Right? That's not true. I don't care for tinned seafoods. I I like crab legs. Uh, I like uh, I do like some kind of shrimp sometimes. Uh, lobster, not, not from a can. No, I do like lobster. How about a nice piece of fish. Uh, it depends on the fish, but yes, I will eat a nice piece of fish. Especially on a Friday. Oh, wait, you're not. I'm not Catholic, Catholic but yeah. I don't okay. go get my filet fish. I should have known that. Uh, no, well, I'll, eat, I'll eat fish. I just ate some um, okay. smallmouth bass recently, like on a, on a camping trip. Oh, just trip. right out of the water? Yeah, just, I mean, it was, <laughs> okay. we had some short lunch, fried it up. So I'm not anti, I'm not like my wife where it's, she says, if it's from the sea, it's not for me. Yeah, yeah. well, I, I thought you were one of those people. I was no, mistaken. No, stop. If it's from a can, it's not for you, is the rhyme. It's not. You would it's go from with. a can, it's not for this man. Okay. <laughs> and I don't typically like, like, I mean, tuna fish from a can. Like, if you forced me to eat it, I would eat it. And I have forced you to eat many things. That's, that's the point. That's so true. the point being, the, 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 uh, the right reverend does not typically enjoy what I enjoy, which is tinned seafood. And so... For strange reasons, we've made him eat it on air. It makes for great, great radio. <laughs> People love it. But uh, today I'm going to reward him, and it's going to be a little bit of a surprise, because it's going to be one of his, I think, one of his favorite foods. Ooh. But we'll see. Mm. We'll see. And there's a story behind it. So there's a lot of, how's that for setting the table for the I second I love half? it. I can't wait okay. for this, uh, you know, sirloin steak or whatever Whatever oh, a fine we'll steak see. is, you're going to serve right. me. One of my favorite. Food. I don't know that steak is one of my favorite foods, to be honest. But whatever. That's neither here nor there. But before that, we have to tackle our big topic. Uh, delayed gratification, as they say. Right? Which, that's a kind of a Christian uh, thing. It is. Christians should be able to delay their gratification. So we'll delay that with this big topic. The, marshma- the marshmallow test. C- correct. Which yes. is not actually like... If you, if it's you, not. It fails the replication. Uh, it does not 
the principal, you know, delay if you delay gratification, that is an example of good character. The kids who ate the marshmallow didn't turn out to be little monsters. I don't think that panned out. But anyways. Yes, but please, if you haven't, if you don't know what we're talking about, just take a second, press pause, go watch the marshmallow test. It's videos. very delightful. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, okay, but now you're back. Thank you for taking that pause. I'm sure you enjoyed that. Our big topic is one that, that I brought to the table, and I'll, I'll set it up this way, is that when I was a relatively new Christian, probably so wrong in many of my outlooks of everything, but I was talking to a new guy. You know, when you're a, uh, uh, you want to proselytize, you're zealous. When you're, oh, yeah. when you're new, you're like, oh, baby, you haven't heard of this? We all know someone who just became a vegetarian or who just stopped smoking, and they won't stop talking about it, and they annoy you. I think I was one of those guys for a good year or two. Um, I continue to talk about it on the radio now. Uh, but uh, uh, so this person, I was telling them why I was sort of coming to faith. And he sort of restated, this was a, a gentleman that I know, who I obviously will not say this person's name, but said, uh-huh, uh-huh. And so now we, we, you, need a, you need a savior because you did this. So like, I'm flawed, I'm a sinner, and, and I have to go through this mechanism to believe that this person did this, and okay. And I was like, well, I think you've somewhat accurately stated. And then this person said, well, that sounds like a sour deal to me. I didn't ask to be born, so I have to be born into this world, then I have to go through this garbage that I did not ask for? I didn't ask to, you know, so why? And I I had to, uh, I had to go away and think about that. I did not have the answer at my hand. That actually sort of puzzled and troubled me for a little bit. Um, let me get your thoughts, and then I'll tell you what I... I want to know what you discovered. It's a, it's a good, it's a good do you question. Hear, do you want to hear me first? I do want to hear you first, because I don't want to embarrass myself. That's maybe a, I don't think a you, character flaw. How, how well, I don't know. We'll see. I'll have, the, I'll have the answer in my head, and then you answer it, and then I'll, I will give my... <laughs> okay. I will say what I was going to say. I'm not going <laughs> to... Hold back. All right, I'll say what I was going to say. Wait, wait, let's count to three, and then we'll say it at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) Like the sitcom thing. Where were you guys? Getting our car washed? (laughs) Uh, We were climbing a mountain. (laughs) I mean, climbing a mountain, getting our car washed? Uh, Yeah. Okay, so... I think that I went away. I was. I have a lot. I had a lot of apologetics books at the time, and I think that it was just by chance. I didn't really. I thought about it. Didn't come up with any answer. There's not really a place that you can. You know, you don't look at a book and you go like page 103. It's not in the index. <laughs> someone says, "Yeah, I didn't ask to be born." Flip to page 103, and here's the answer. I did not find that, but just coincidentally, I think in the same week. I was reading uh, a classic collection by the great apologist Norman Geisler, I believe is his pronunciation. That sounds right to me. I've never heard it said out loud. I've only read his books. Uh, Again, I'm assuming it's a gentleman, Norman Geisler. And uh, he he touched on it in this book that was just a collection of his thoughts about apologetics. And here's what he had to say. And so see if this is the same as yours. Is essentially like saying... I wish I had never been born. In other words, I wish that I didn't exist uh, is, is a, well, okay. It becomes, a, it's a logical absurdity in a way that you can't, you can't compare your not existing to your existing because it's not comparing apples to apples. It's comparing apples to 
coconut, uh, you know, or horses. It's like, it's, it doesn't, they don't, they're not the same thing at all. And the fact is you do exist. And so as we say, you're stuck with it. So that you, you know, wishing it is one thing, but it's just not a thing. It's not a state. And you can't say if I didn't exist, then it would have been good. Because there would be no you, there's no I, there's no existence, there's no possibility of existence. So they're not even in the same universe. So even bringing it up as, as an objection is sort of like the child saying, why do we have to do homework? It's just like, it's just a, a, a weird and uh, a juvenile cry for something that can't exist. Like it doesn't, that's not a thing. So I, that's not very satisfying, but that's the best that I could do for that particular answer. Your thoughts, Pastor? Well, thank you, Mike. I will say that, that, uh, yeah, that the notion, the person's objecting to this is not, it's not fair that this is the, right, that this is the way out of my predicament or what, what Christians say is the predicament of humanity in this world, that it, that we are in, it's in a state of sin. It's in a state of fallenness. Um, and the consequences of that fallenness uh, without remedy are separation from God. Um, and, you know, all the, and all the various, mani- I mean, the ultimate, you know, um, separation from God, which we would call hell, but then also those little separations or, 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 or the distortions of this world that we know is not as it should be. And that, uh, that, that the Christian answer is that the, the, the life, death, resurrection, and ascension of Christ and placing our trust in him is the way out, you know, is the way out of that. And so this guy's going, well, this isn't, this isn't, this isn't fair because I didn't choose to be born. So I didn't choose to be born in a fallen, um, world. And like, it's not my fault that this world is a fallen and broken place. And so why should I have to accept? It's not fair for God to impose this, uh, so, or, you know, this solution to this problem that I didn't create and I'm not responsible for seems unfair, seems done, you know? Yeah. It's like being, uh, being born and saying, like, you didn't ask to be born, but, oh, by the way, you owe $100 in taxes yeah. you know, for being born. It's like, that's, you know, that doesn't seem fair. And so I, I, I can, you know, I uh, try to, you know, steel man it and give it the kind of, the, you know, m- most charitable interpretation. It just, it, you know, I can, I can, under- I can, I can understand um, where he's coming from. And also, um, I, I just believe that when we kind of read uh, and—, and the point of the story, really, of the fall of humanity, or one of them, isn't just this, you know, like, c- kind of when Scripture talks about Adam and Eve, and you look at it in the, the, the context of, like, the, the confessions, it's like, all, you know, Paul talks about this too, all sinned in Adam, like, that whatever they did, like, we would have done too. And so uh, the entire human race has culpability within that. And so there's kind of a universal root of our problem, but uh, th- through the particular, but then through the particulars of the new Adam, the second Adam, Jesus Christ, there's an escape from that. So it's amazing. Um, I think part of God's amazing grace that, um, that he provided a remedy for us. Like you could also say like, he didn't have to do that. That's not fair. Human beings were created no. with the full possibility to live in full p- perfect communion with him. Um, you know, we made the choice to turn away from him. And so, uh, God could have just said, well, you know, screw these guys like completely, like they're on their own or like uh, the, the, (laughs) I I regret making them. So the flood and Noah's family, like they could have, you know, been underneath there too. And so part of the wonder of, uh, I think when one has a Christian perspective that sees the, um, depravity 
of humanity and our deep, uh, I mean, both the, the, the ways we bear God's image and likeness, yes, that is an amazing thing about humanity, but also the depths of human depravity, um, which is evident. And, uh, you know, original, Chesterton says original sin is the only Christian doctrine for which there is, you know, empirical uh, evidence or whatever. I, I don't know if I'm capturing that quote exactly correctly, uh, but I believe that's something like he says. So when you just see, like, how messed up we are, we could go, well, that's, that's not fair, but you could go, it's not, it, it's not fair that God has actually done something about it. And I think that's part of the beauty of the Christian message is that, like, grace isn't, it's, it's about something that's not fair. It's about not us getting what we don't um, deserve. And so God has made a way uh, for us. And so, I mean, that's just my response is that the Christianity just has a different perspective, a different way of framing things, a different way of looking at the world. And that, that gentleman doesn't share that, so he can't understand kind of the inner logic of the story. Uh, to him, that just seemed, everything seems all unfair. Um, from that, that by accident of birth, he should, he should face that kind of circumstance or face or fate or choi- choice. And as someone who believes, we go, well, I just, I see kind of the frame of the entire scenario completely differently. Right. And, and I think that this person would also say the thing which I find would be a little bit of the flip side of the coin. Maybe this is not a perfect analogy. Don't punish me right here. You can do it later in the comment section. Uh, is the, this person would also say something like he would have oughts in his life. Like you ought to behave this way. This oughtn't to be the way that that, that humanity is. I know this person, well, because he's a human being alive, of course he has those. But knowing him as well, he, he had a very strong sense of what is fair and what is right, and people ought to be, behave a certain way. So on his view, like flipping that over, like if, if life just is that absurdity, if my story is terrible and your story is just like, it's just a random thing, we may as well be dead as not dead, who cares? May as well be no existence, then you, you can't have your things either. <laughs> I can't have my story, mine sounds absurd. You're saying I ought to do this or I ought to vote this way or I ought not to run the stop sign. You don't get those either, buddy. There's nobody, no can, nobody can have nice things. Right. You've ruined it all. Uh, but that's just, you know, I, I didn't have that at hand to ask. You were just you a know. young, I you were just young. a tender young lamb. I was. I you was. Know, but, uh, I mean, you good on you for kind of trying to, you know, make understanding. Well, uh, St. Augustine says, uh, you know, faith-seeking understanding. Um, that's, that's what he defines theology as um and so you're engaging in a little theologizing right there right that, i uh, did by the way i did go back to him with an answer at uh, some point okay which that, is a great lesson for uh for anyone trying to practice apologetics if if you happen to be whatever side of the fence you're on if you enjoy like apologetics keep that in mind as a thing you don't have to when someone gives you like a aha what about this buddy and they give you the christopher hitchens or something <laughs> And if you don't know the answer, you don't have to say, don't try to make it up or anything. Just say, that's a great question. You know, if you have a relationship with this person, I think it'll be fine to just go, can I look that up and get back to you? I will call Mike Nelson. I'll borrow his Norman Geisler book. I'll look in the uh, index and I'll get back to you. And that's fine, I think, as being an, an apologetic Oh, for sure. Person. And did, yeah. did, so what was the response? I mean, did the person go, oh, okay, I see what you're saying? Or what, like, was there some kind of understanding as it turns out yes this person might have even i think the path of their life 
I don't know this person well anymore, might have almost gone in the direction that, that mine has, in a way. Mm. You might know him. His name is Billy Graham. That's right. <laughs> and that man. <laughs> who, who used to do that? There was a newscaster who would do an entire biography. And it, was, it had the, you know, like the Twilight Zone thing. You know, he, he owned a hardware store in Missouri. And then blah, blah, blah. That man... Elvis Presley, you know, would be like... The There's the rest like, of the story. Someone, yeah. I saw a great meme a few months ago, and I was talking about, like, it was like, it was like some, like, old-timey historical figure, like, middle of the 20th century. Like, so the whole point is the absurdity, and, like, saw a young boy on the side of the road and picked him up, and, like, they had this, like, very heartfelt conversation, about, and it's like, and that young boy's name was Donald Trump. And it was just so, it was so, it was so. Lots, lots of spit takes on that one. It was so hilarious because it's like, you're like set up for this. You're like, what is it? You, you know, you think it's going to be like, uh, you know, that boy, he was, he turned out to be the Gipper. Like yes. it was that type of a situation. Oh, it was so wow. delightful. <laughs> uh, I will raise one to, to close this little thing off. Okay. And I'll have you comment on this as well. Is the other objection I've gotten uh, it was not this gentleman's, um, but I've heard it from other people, is the sort of, um, oh, so only uh, only the right people are saved or only the, that's not fair. There should just be universal salvation, right? And I've, I've always been puzzled by that. Like, wait, if you're on death row because you're a horrible, horrible murderer or something, you did something absolutely heinous, and someone comes in and opens the jail cell next to you and goes, well, you're free, Todd. You don't have the right to go, hey, that's not fair. <laughs> uh, you still deserve your death. So you don't know what the circumstances. I'm just saying it's a weird, uh, but that's such a human thing to go like, whoa, come on, man. We all deserve it. It's like, no, no, you admit like you, you, you're a horrible, horrible person. You deserve this uh, death sentence that you got. So you can't complain about other people. But <laughs> Well, I, I don't deserve it, Mike. Other people do. I mean, that's always it, implicit within that perspective is always like um, that what I did is not so bad or, you know, like, and, you know, the person who's like kind of desiring universal salvation is saying, well, everybody, you know, everybody should get out. So kind of like if we could weigh the scales of cosmic justice, we would figure it out perfectly. But I'd let, you know, Jesus talks a lot in a... Uh, there's a lot of these parables that speak to this kind of sense of fairness or propriety, you know, that, uh, I mean, the great one about the, you know, unforgiving servant, you know, who is, goes to his master and he owes like a bajillion dollars. That's basically the thing. Yeah. And he gets off, he goes, and then the other guy owes him money. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, I'm going to throw you in jail till you pay me in your family till you pay me every penny. You scumbag or or the workers in the field, and they all get paid. They all get paid. They all get paid the same amount. That's a great parable. And it's like that is not from a very a strictly human perspective. There is a sense of injustice about it, but when it comes to weighing the scales of cosmic justice, I mean that's one of the aspects of faith that we trust that God, um, God has it figured out in a way that uh, even with we wrestle with and, and struggle with that that his um, his way of doing it is such that in the end. Um, his mercy and his justice are going to balance or resolve in the most perfect way possible. Right, which is why when there are those tough questions of, well, what about when people can come up with some formulation that makes it look like God's a moral monster, you can just go like, well, 
my version of God isn't that he's a moral idiot or monster. He's got it figured out and we can't quite understand it. That doesn't mean just because you can find some particular story that makes it look different. It doesn't like you don't win because of that. And I think that that's what this guy was trying to pose to me, an unanswerable. There's no, I mean, yeah, like there's no one weird trick. Right. You know, right. Like there, you know, there are uh, reasons people can give not to believe or, or the reasons they say, I can't go there. I can't make sense of this. I'm, you know, something up and that you might not ever be able to perfectly resolve it um, for that person, um, you know, but uh, like in, in a certain sense, you know, we're not, we're not really Vulcans walking around you know, uh, who are completely, totally 100% rational, who will have a system that completely and perfectly explains everything to our full satisfaction. Life and existence itself will always be filled um, with the unexplainable, the, the, the mysterious, uh, the troubling, and uh, the Christian faith is well-equipped uh, to be a great company for us on that journey. Yes, and uh, my final point. I promised the other one would be my final point, but this is my final <laughs> That was penultimate. Yes. Now this is the ultimate. This is the ultimate. Who is the, uh, we've brought him up before, maybe even brought up this quote before, mathematician, atheist from the early 20th century, possibly debated C.S. Lewis. It wasn't the, Bertrand Russell. Bertrand Russell. I believe he had a formulation that's much like the sort of Christopher Hitchens had kind of a version of it, which is the challenge of what do you say to a, uh, a six-year-old child who is about to die of cancer with no, you know, what, what, do you, what is your answer to them? And uh, I heard someone say, what's yours? You've got <laughs> like, nothing. Well, you've got nothing. I have an answer. It, it may not be satisfying to a poor, suffering child, but I have one, at least. You. You have that. You were born. You suffered. So long, sucker. That's a, I mean, that's kind of a self own as they it, say, it why would he put that one up? That's, that was that famous. Was... He was famous for that. He 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 brought it up. I I think he brought it up a lot. Like, did he spend thing. a lot of time talking? Like, did he go into like the cancer ward at uh, you know whatever? I mean, especially you know back in the day, if a kid got leukemia, it was just like yeah, you just died from it. And it's I mean a horrible thing, obviously. Right. Yeah. And so what you know what did he go into the cancer ward at the London Children's Hospital? Go like, there's there's no God. You're just yeah. you're going to die. You came from nothingness. And you are destined for nothingness. Sorry, kid. Yeah. But at least I'm, you know, at least I'm not telling you to believe a fairy tale. <laughs> right. Ah, well, on that cheery note. They go, I'm just having my tonsils out, actually, <laughs> sir. Why are you in the wrong room? <laughs> Leave me alone. Oh, uh, especially you're a mathematician. I hate math. Um, all right. Let's take a short break. You have something to say to the people out I there. I do. And then I will gather, I'm going uh, into the other room of, uh, well, there's more than, we're high atop uh, like Trees Walking Tower here, so maybe I'll take the elevator 50 floors down Many rooms to our commissary, and I will come up with the, uh, the food that you are going to sample and review as a reward for all the hard work you've put in. But for now, let's take a short break, and we'll be right back. All right. Everybody, thank you. This is my... You, if you've listened to the show before, you're probably hitting skip 30 seconds forward a couple times. Uh, but this is the point where I make an appeal to rate and review us, and I also let you know where you can find us on social media. Now I know, listen, we're not the most active, and by we, Mike is completely off of social media. He has nothing to do with that cursed technology. 
much to his benefit. Maybe you should consider quitting. But if you're like me and you need your fix, uh, you can follow us on Facebook or on Twitter. And I would say it's a channel, a possible channel of communication from you to us. And by us, I mean me. Um, but <laughs> but uh, all that to say, um, like, I, I recognize that it's I'm not the active, we don't have an active posting community. But you know what? At the end of the day, who cares? Do you really need that from us? The, the, the real posting is the posting that we do of this episode to your feeds. Um, and so we're grateful to do it. And the real posting that you can do for us that matters is to post a rate us and review us. Uh, Apple Podcast seems to be the place to do it, though I do. I'm increasingly finding sometimes myself turning to Spotify for podcasts. Google is dead to me in the, uh, in, in the podcasting game, so I will no longer be interacting with Google Play Podcast. So if you want to find our show there, tough nuggies, as they say. But I just want to share. I want to thank someone. A, a recent review that came in, actually from September 16th. So that's 2021. So that we re- are recording this not too many days after that. And so uh, we got a great review. And, I, and so I just want to encourage you to write something similar to this. <laughs> no, but, but sharing your heart, like just these words of encouragement, they mean a lot to us. Here's the title, Mike. Unpretentiously Great. Man, I yes. love that. All right. I'm rare. I'm, this is a rare break into the pastor's uh, field. It's like, what like a that. wonderful, down to earth, thought provoking show. Pastor Dave Berge, that's me, and Michael J. Nelson, he who of fame for doing other things, make an unlikely team, but it works. The humor and tone is low key, but still very funny, and there is nothing mean about this show. It's just about two thoughtful individuals puzzling over the strangeness of the time we live in from an open Christian mindset, but very accepting of the pluralistic nature of our time. I love this show and its good humor, faith, and people. It's carried me through some dark times and is a great antidote to the mean-spirited, knee-jerk reactions we often see on the internet. Thanks for doing this, guys. It's important. I love that review, uh, because not just because it's flattering, of me, which I do like it, but I, I, I think this person gets it in terms of the uh, hopefully the spirit and tone of the conversation and that, that what we're really trying to accomplish with this. So at least with this listener, mission accomplished. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to write that. And uh, if this show has touched you in any way, I would encourage you to do the same thing. But, uh, but regardless or not, we're grateful to have you as listeners. Now let's get back to the show. Okay, we're back. I uh, when I wrote that review, I did not expect that you would read it on the air. I just <laughs> I just had to put something positive about us. So I'm glad that that made it uh, made all yes. Way through. Yeah. Thank you, Chicken Fingers sixty nine. Yes. <laughs> right. Uh, all right. So now, a lot of times we'll do quizzes and things. We like to to put the put the pastor to the test. He's a smart man. He has oh, risen yeah. admirably to many of the challenges I have put before him. I challenged him once. I think it was a multi-part thing to answer every question about "We didn't start the fire" by Billy Joel. It was a, that was a tough one. That was putting your feet to the fire, if I may say. <laughs> Which I did not start. And how is that fair? <laughs> yes. huh? Huh? Okay. Uh, quizzes about church fathers, about the Reformation. Oh. But the thing that he hates most of all, as I mentioned at the top of the show, is when I open a tin of fish and, and I make oh. him eat it. And who knows why it started or where? Uh, well, let's let's just call it a time killer and be honest about it. All right, but no, it's it's become a, a, a fan favorite. 
Uh, that's I should have written that in my review oh, I, I when I praised I... us. But um, so to reward you, I I was gifted with something that is something I don't eat. But I thought of you because you've said often, and when we did a live thing, we, we you we said it uh, explicitly, and you you have confirmed. What is your favorite food? Well, I've said this, so I'll just stick with it. Crackers. I love crackers. <laughs> what a strange. Okay, and and I've told other people this, and if you've, your ears have been burning, I I probably did it as recently as yesterday. What is the food you do not like and cannot touch? Besides, I mean, tin fish. We know that you can. Oh, onions. Onions. Well, that's not true. I I can touch it. I can eat it. It's just that. It, I thought your I thought your dear wife Amy had to like sort of warn you and grates, strain things she, with onions. Like and, so, when she's making tacos, for example, I call for like you know put onion in the in the meat in with the ground beef. She grates them with a cheese grater so that they kind of liquefy and they have no texture. Okay, in so the if, food. if Gerber's made a an onion, yes, if Gerber's made put, an onion thing, that's actually a, not a bad idea. Like, and then I can just have her put it in there. Wow. All right. Because well, I think not liking onions is kind of like saying, I don't I don't care for food. You know, it's like onions are just... I'm exist. not I alone. I don't care for air. I, I don't like air. You I'm know, not alone, just, Mike. Okay. There's probably another person out there. Anyway, as a reward, I don't have crackers for you. But these came into my possession by accident, and it was a pallet full of breakfast biscuits, which are, th- are they're thin like crackers... Uh, and so I just want people to know, I, 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 take, I take care of Pastor Dave. I don't he just does. torture him. Here, yeah. So, Pastor, please, uh, could you give me a quick review of, uh, these are Benton's, which I believe is an Aldi That product. is an Aldi brand. Well, my favorite grocery store, by the way, is Aldi. Okay, that's my least favorite. Well, oh, come on, Mike. <laughs> I love anyway, it. this is a, uh, a brown sugar and cinnamon breakfast biscuit, which is about as cracker-like. Look, describe the thinness of it's that. It's very thin, I would say. Cracker-like. Yeah. I mean, f- folks who've flown Delta, there is a strong Biscoff, <laughs> Biscoff. vibe coming very from... Very strong Biscoff. There is a strong vi- Biscoff feel coming from this, though it's a little more... Heart- it looks a little more hearty in the sense of, like... Sure. It's an- Yeah, it's a lighter... Brown and it's got kind of a wheat stamp on Biscoffs, it. I feel like they just they're a little burnt. They left them in the oven lo- a little, and too that's long. what I love about okay. it. They taste a little molassesy and burnt to my to my taste. Remind, I'd rather have tin fish. Reminds a little burnt in the oven reminds me of a story I'll tell you off here. Okay, so that's brown sugar cinnamon. Okay, mm. We're not going to belabor this, but we're no. just, we just want to reward this poor guy. It is good, and the breakfast part of it is it does have some like there's some kind of like wheat. Or something in it. Like, it does have, like, a... There is, but I would just say, having read the ingredients, that is illusory. <laughs> or that is well down in the in the uh, ingredient category. Because the number one is, uh, of course, sugar and flour. So, mm. not really... Uh, Very good. Nothing healthy going on here. Okay, this is number two. Quickly, that is a blueberry. And if you smell I'm it... smelling it. There is no doubt that that is blueberry. That is, some, that smells, is powerfully blueberry. It smells very strong of that fake blueberry flavor, if you're fake familiar with it. Uh, <laughs> my, my wife had to throw away a package of them because she felt like it was contaminating other things in our food storage area with blueberry smell. I'm so trying to think of, like, it tastes... I'm, you know what? Not blueberries. <laughs> Not blueberries, but the fake... Blue, if you like the fake blueberry flavor, you'll love this. It's actually pretty good. Who who was the kid who turned into a blueberry in um, Willy Wonka? It wasn't Veruca Salt, was it? 
Uh, no. I or my favorite band, because remember that was oh, a band? Oh, yeah, Veruca Salt. And then finally... Mike TV. Mike TV, to reward you with our final flavor. What is mm. it? Cranberry orange. Okay. Which I don't feel smell at all like cranberries or orange, but you... It smells orangey to me. Okay, orangey. All right, and give me a review of that, and then we'll uh, close out this. This is horrible. It tastes like an orange, like an orange peel. It sucks. Wait, so did the other two you thought were okay? Other two, two thumbs up. I, I mean, I would say my favorite by far is the um, brown cinnamon brown sugar. Much more like it, it, it's like not over the top. It tastes very good. The, my my final question then. Yeah. Will you be taking these home, please? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. Okay. And actually, I just remembered something. Yeah. Um, the the blueberry one tastes like tricks cereal. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like I'd say that's exactly what it tastes like. I was th- like racking my brain to be like, what does this taste like? What is? Yeah, taste? that's no. It tastes now that you exactly it. like tricks because there's not tricks claims to have like. What four, five, six flavors? I mean, you in got it? the different like fruits in yeah, there. You know what I mean? There's no tricks. Is kind of like when I was a kid, they used to have something called. It was just called Red Pop, and it just tasted like something that was oh. vaguely red, and so you I just accepted it. that. I, love, I think you could still get Red Pop. I love maybe when in the South or something. I love when like you know you're dealing with a good food or beverage when like the like what flavor is it, and you say a color. Yeah, it's just, well, red. It's just red. It's red. Sure, I get it. I mean, Gatorade has really cornered the market on that. Like, a re- oh yeah, it's a red Gatorade. Red Gatorade. Oh, it's a blue Gatorade. You know, like you and you know what that tastes like. But yeah, very strong Trix flavor, which to me Trix is like fake blueberry, but also a very strong kind of like fake lemony taste is a part of that too. So okay, well, two thumbs up for me. Oh, great. All right. Well, folks, uh, we hope. Uh, First of all, we hope we boosted sales of Benton's breakfast biscuits, but we hope we've given you a little something to think about. The fact that you exist is a good thing, and uh, you know we, we hope that you find the same answers that we do. We hope that, but we also welcome you to listen, uh, even if you don't. And as the pastor eats a, an entire box of Benton's, is that what it is? Benton. Benton's. Why is Aldi Benton's? I don't know. Wait, look... <laughs> I'll do anything to stop they're, the pastor from chewing in the microphone. All right, their Italian is Mama Cozy's. We, we, should, we, okay. should, we could sit down. Millville is another one. We could go through a whole, why did they do what no, they do? No, we're not going to do that. All right. It's such a great store, though. Shop at Aldi. Support your local Aldi. Right. This is Michael J. Nelson, and that is... Dave Bergen. This is like trees walking so long. Oh, stop. <laughs>